Hello everyone, we're still in Mark, Mark's Gospel and we're in chapter 2 today in this uh, series, What is Your Story? This is part 6. So we're reading Mark chapter 2 verses 1 to 12. And again Jesus entered Capernaum after some days and it was noise that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned this within within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise, take up your bed and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed and went out in the presence of them all so that all were amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. Firstly, how gracious our Lord is. He returns to Capernaum again and again. I do hope and pray that each of us realise the long-suffering grace of God in continuing to speak into our deaf ears and stubborn hearts. But please do not take it for granted. Isn't it interesting that it says that he was in the house, not in the synagogue? I'm beginning to think that we're entering a time when churches, which were once places of blessing, are not being used by God to the same measure as they once were. There are doubtless a number of reasons for this, one being the dreadful reports that we hear so often of child abuse, etc. But it wasn't so much that that I was thinking of, but more the fact that so often, in many Christian circles, there seems to be little evidence of the presence and power of the Lord. Do you think it's possible for churches to carry on with all their services and whatever, but actually the Lord isn't there anymore? Remember what Revelation 3 says, Jesus is standing outside of the church door knocking and saying, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. I believe in many cases that's the present state of things, particularly in the Western world. So the Lord is in the house here, probably Simon and Andrew's house, because that appears to be the home he came to whenever he was in Capernaum. And remember, from the moment of the Lord's first visit to that home and the consequent blessing, his service was their priority. You remember that it said in chapter 1 that Simon's mother-in-law was healed and immediately she arose and set about serving the one who had healed her. And that, of course, is the case and certainly should be the case with all of us who know the Lord Jesus. So the people come in their droves so much so that the whole house was crammed inside and outside the door and the windows too. But why? 
out of curiosity, perhaps to see a miracle, to hear a wonderful sermon, to hear an exposition of the Old Testament scriptures. The Lord would have done that, of course. Uh, But there were those, of course, that had come to criticise and to condemn the preacher. And we've seen plenty of those as well. What I notice as I read this account is that there's no mention of anyone else who got blessed on that occasion, apart from that man. Was that because they went for the wrong reason? Is that why when we go sometimes and we come away and we feel unblessed, untouched, unaffected? Think about it. Have you ever honestly examined why you go to church, if you do? Or maybe you listen online to services or messages. Why? But Jesus is here in this house. And I would like to think that there are those listening today who actually want to come to him. And like these men who came on that occasion to receive his blessing, you today want to come. And they came in faith, and I trust that you are coming in faith today as you listen to the Word of God, believing that He can meet your need. He can, if you come and willingly and readily and humbly ask Him to bless you. But as then, so now, you will find that there will be lots and lots of hindrances and stumbling blocks to those who genuinely want to meet Jesus and desire to experience his blessing upon their lives. You see, we have an enemy who will do everything he can to hinder people coming to the Saviour. You see, these five men had to find another way to get to Jesus other than the obvious way through the front door. Why? Because people got in the way. So those who were there for other reasons, whatever that might have been, they were the ones who got in the way. They must have seen this paralytic being carried by his friends on his roll-up bed, but they still blocked the way. They must have seen them struggling up the outside steps to the flat roof, but they still didn't unblock the way to Jesus. Can I implore you, as I do my own heart, dear fellow believers listening today, please make sure you're not behaving in any way at all that hinders people coming to Christ. We can do that so very easily by the things that we do and often by the things that we don't do. You see, if we were all concerned about the desperate need of people all around us, we would be endeavouring in every way possible to create a corridor, so to say, and a passage that leads our unsaved contacts right to the feet of the Lord Jesus. If we're like these four men of faith, because remember Jesus saw their faith, not only the paralytic man's faith, but the other four as well, 
then we'll find a way, like they did, to bring sinners to the feet of the Saviour. It appears that the biggest stumbling block to Christianity are Christians, or so-called. These four men, because of their faith, found a means and a way to the feet of Jesus. Even though the crowd of people who came, for whatever reason, had made it extremely difficult. The best place to see people coming to Jesus is in a home where he is and where he is everything. In a home where we're focused on bringing to him those who need his touch of blessing. Is that your home? This man, that day, had a double blessing. His sins were forgiven and he was released from his paralysis. You see, sin paralyzes so that we can't live in the fullest sense of living. That is the possession of eternal life. It debilitates us so that we can't walk with God. It's only those that are agreed with God, those that have come and been reconciled to him and come to know him as their God and Savior that can walk with him. It Sin makes it us incapable of serving the Lord or of being any vital blessing to others. And ultimately, it brings eternal loss. Not of being, because our souls will exist forever, but of well-being for those who reject the Saviour. So the first thing the Lord Jesus deals with is a man's sinful condition. Then he heals his paralysis. You see, the one is totally dependent upon the other. So this man's story, if you'd asked him after that event, would have been shackled by a heavy burden. As the old hymn says, Neath a load of guilt and shame, Then the hand of Jesus touched me, And now I'm no longer the same. He touched me, oh, he touched me, And oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened. And now I know he touched me and made me whole. Dear friend today, what is your story? God bless his word to you.